This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode of Hafta. We are recording this on Friday the 25th of November at 3:10 in the afternoon. In the studio is just our editor in chief Raman Kripal. Hi. Our other panelist Manisha is in uh, Gujarat. Manisha Anatul. Anatul is also in Gujarat. And uh, joining us on the phone line from Chennai is Jayashree. Hi, Jayashree. Hi, hello. And joining us also on the phone line uh, is Anand, who I'm guessing is in Delhi right now. Or are you in back in Bihar? No, I am in Delhi. I will be in a studio from next time. Right. So welcome everybody. Uh, we'll be having two guests who'll be joining us, like we promised. The Egypt Wi-Fi connection broadband conspiracy did not allow us to speak to Joydeep last time when he was covering the COP twenty-seven, uh, but he will be joining us today. And also, will be joining us is Emanuela Barbiroglioi. Glio, Glio. Okay, the L is silent. I have been corrected by my producer Lippy. uh but uh, they are both climate and energy correspondents uh we will do a detailed introduction to both but like i promised we will have a very informed discussion on the climate crisis and its implications on trade and whatever was discussed and decided in egypt uh before we get into the headlines uh, and discuss the more pressing needs like elections and world cup and other such uh, thank you we have got some sort of a little philip in the nl sena fund it has crossed 50% but we are still quite a far off from 14 lakh plus uh himachal pradesh we had the crew of about seven who traveled over 15 days yes in gujarat manisha is there atul is there they have two producers with them and two, reporters, two reporters are there two correspondents uh, so do contribute and pay to keep news free because our election coverage our reportage is funded by you and not by advertisers because we believe that is a way where you can attempt to remain a little free of influence uh like i said nothing is perfect but it's better than any other system we have right now and unless you contribute news cannot serve you it will only serve the advertiser so please tell your friends your family whoever can afford to contribute and pay to keep news free go to newsline.com click on the subscribe button if you're not a subscriber and if you are a subscriber and you have a little more change to spare this month contribute to the nl sena project you can also buy lots of fantastic goodies from our nl store with comics that are historically accurate but also fun to read on kashmir and on the naxalbari movement with those lists of announcements i shall hand over to jayshree to give us the headlines for the week yeah so here are the headlines for the week the supreme court collegium led by the chief justice has published its resolution recommending the transfer of seven high court judges However the name of the Gujarat High Court judge justice Nikhil S Karil is not amongst them and why that is the significant Supreme Court has also questioned sorry yeah. and why that is significant is because when justice Karil's uh, transfer orders had come to Gujarat the uh, lawyers there i don't know if it was the bar association officially but a whole bunch of lawyers had actually entered uh, a court and said that you know this is it was a kind of strike i mean it is not a protest i mean it was a protest that Uh, and then he said we should not do this but yeah but apparently he is not on that protest list protest was against two uh, transfers his so one transfer stands okay one stands uh, this one is not this there one. i see yeah which justice karil i think they said that he was an honest judge who's being uh, victimized and targeted with right. his transfer also in the supreme court it has questioned the lightning speed and 24 hour procedure taken to appoint arun goel as election commissioner the apex court had also asked the center to produce the files related to his appointment 
They said, if everything is hunky-dory and everything was going as smoothly as you claim, you have nothing to fear. And in fact, uh, Justice Joseph has said that not to get to confrontation, but I just genuinely want to know. And I think it's it's interesting that the Supreme Court in the last week or two has kind of... The institution has really weakened. I mean, uh, Election Commission, if you see the series of decisions that have been taken... Yeah. Or in some cases, decision has not been taken. They just huh. sat on a complaint. Right. And also, you will see a very clear pattern, you know, uh, how the decision to announce the dates, how how do they happen? There is yeah. a pattern to it. Sure. Where, where the Prime Minister is just going... Some announcements are made. Making and then announcements, after that, inaugurating stuff, and then suddenly... Uh, and then. once they said that they are going to announce, and then they postponed it by a week. And in that entire week, you know, all... Uh, these inaugurations had happened. Right. So, so yes. Also, uh, just, we had this discussion last week. Um, I think the interview will be up after this weekend. So, when you listen to Hafta, that may not be up. But I have interviewed a high court senior advocate, Saurabh Kirpal. And he is, you know, one of the most senior, one of the very well-respected senior advocates of Delhi High Court. And in fact, his name was recommended for judgeship, which has not been notified by the government. And I asked him the question that, would you go with collegium or the judicial appointment committee a commission sorry and uh, he says although i'm the beneficiary of the collegium system i think it is a highly opaque and inappropriate system to appoint judges so so i guess he's on uh, the same uh, side as as uh, mehraj because last time mehraj and i were on different sides of this so yeah you should check out that interview it's a very interesting interview and he's a really straight talking lawyer i i hope he becomes a judge we need people like him hmm Next, on Tuesday, six people were killed and several others were injured in firing by the Assam police on the Assam-Meghalaya border. This was during an alleged clash between villagers from Meghalaya and the security contingent from Assam. The Assam CM has now said the police firing was unnecessary and unprovoked. This is the second or third such incident that's happened between Assam police and a neighbouring state, right? Last time, who was it? Do you remember? It was um, it was in Meghalaya. It was, Last time was Meghalaya, huh? They had the traditional... Uh, no, the, the two police forces... That yeah, yeah, went, same, it was the same. same. Okay, okay. Two states. All right. But also, I mean, there needs to be accountability up the chain of command, right? Not just very temporary action against those who fire the gun. Right. But it's all part of a much larger issue. And uh, the issue, also, they said, Supreme was Coach, timber, sorry. timber smuggling. <laughs> right. And on that pretext, this happened. Hmm. The Supreme Court also, just as we speak, has dismissed the NIA's petition, which challenged the Bombay High Court granting bail to Anand Teltumte. He was arrested in the Bime Karagaon case. A bench led by the Chief Justice said they refused to interfere with the High Court's order and have dismissed the NIA's plea. So unless they arrest him in a related case or an unrelated case, by the end of this Hafta recording, he would probably be out of jail. But you can never say with, with the, the way the police force in India works. Hmm. The Ahmadni Party's Satyendra Jain has said he will move the Delhi High Court to restrain the media from airing CCTV footage of him in jail. He'd initially moved to Delhi Court, but then withdrew it. And I think two clips had surfaced of him. One showed him getting a massage from a fellow inmate. The other seemed to show him eating outside food. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone knows that VIP prisoners are treated, the way they're treated in jail is wildly different from rank and file. It actually depends. And, I mean, this is one of my pet peeves, which is that, I mean, it's obviously it's not correct, but the desirable outcome should be that every prisoner gets comfortable, clean accommodation and a good quality of life within prison so that we aren't really distinguishing between special privileges and privileges at all. So I think prisons in India are like a, ref a reflection of Indian society, like incredibly unequal, but this is the case across the country, whether it's 
BJP or the AAP or the Congress or any political party. Indian so, Express did this yeah. piece and uh, very interestingly, hmm. the same story had appeared on the page one of each newspaper on the same day. And obviously, these uh, clips had come to ED first. Mm. And it was ED who, I mean, uh, I think, uh, whoever allegedly leaked it out to the press. Mm. And everybody had the, the same, same story. Same story uh, same. Indian Express, in addition, did a story. They they got the medical reports of uh, Satinder Jai. Mm. And in those medical reports, they found that he had fallen, you know, in, 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 uh, in the bathroom, mm. uh, in, in the jail. And then, uh, uh, you know, he had hurt his back. Spine. Uh-huh, spine. So, so there were uh, some medical problems that in he In any had. case, he was a, I mean, he's not a very healthy man. But hmm. coming but the to... Um, the Party had tweeted his medical report in response to this, to the clip, clips coming out. They tweeted his medical report saying that he had a fall and therefore he's been prescribed physiotherapy and that was their explanation for this no after that express independently access it was very lengthy report but um, Sunetra's book Sunetra and the book written by the jailer of Tihar jail where she actually talks about what you can and cannot get in jail the people who are not aware of their rights are like really you know they get shafted but uh, she was talking about that uh, who was that guy that con man yeah um whose mother was a Congress politician, uh, Abhishek, uh, Anand, do you remember? Uh-huh. He was from Hindu college. He um, he was accused of, I don't know, conning how many people of how much money. He was living like the higher life. I'll just check his name. His wife, who was, I think, a Russian national or a Ukrainian national. And she was in jail serving time as well. And because she knew her rights, you are allowed to wear home clothes. You are allowed to have a certain amount of shoes. So she would wear her designer clothes, her designer shoes. And in Sunetra's book, when she's interviewed, she says, because I know my rights. So I used to put an application. I don't want to wear these clothes. I want this. I am entitled to books. I will get my books. I'm entitled to this. So that was one interesting thing. And the second thing is, it depends on who the jail falls under. The hard jail falls under the Delhi chief minister. Now, if they were move him to, let's say, a jail in Maharashtra, then basically whoever is the chief minister of that state, is the... he can decide how that person is treated inside. Or I mean, that infrastructure. So if, let's say, a Haryana minister came to a Tihar jail, it's not necessarily be treated well. Because all those officers are reporting to their chief minister. So we can imagine that rape convict, that Baba Rahim, what is huh. his name? Yeah, he'll be treated like a king. <laughs> king. But you won't see any, you, yeah. you will not see any leaked footage uh, from a Haryana jail. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think that person you were talking about is Abhishek Verma. Yes, He's correct. Abhishek Verma, correct. Yes. And his wife was Romanian or yes, one correct. of those things. Um, the next headline is that the U.S. Commission for International Religious Freedom has alleged that religious freedom and related human rights in India are under ongoing threat. India has previously rejected its observations as biased. And inaccurate. I thought what was more interesting was that Khashoggi comparison. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where the, also because the government seems very actively cut up about it. So. Uh-huh. Uh, well, uh, for those of uh, the, uh, our, our listeners who are listening and who don't know what uh, she is referencing, the U.S. State Department, I guess, was criticized for, um, you know, giving uh, this guy a free pass. He's got a U.S. visa, right? Uh, Mohammed bin Salman, Salman was given immunity from lawsuit in the murder of uh, Khashoggi. So the State Department spokesperson was asked about it and he said they've applied it previously to a number of heads of state, including um, Mugabe and Modi. <laughs> Yeah. So the Ministry of External Affairs got quite upset. I think uh, they said that the comments are very, they're not relevant or necessary to have been made. 
Mm. Um, so after facing rebel candidates on almost every third seat in Himachal Pradesh, the BJP is now facing a similar problem in Gujarat, where it suspended 12 leaders for filing nominations as independent candidates. This is after they were denied party tickets. Right. But I must say the Gujarat election, uh, the this AAP chief ministerial candidate, uh, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, I'll just check on Google. But the journalist. His, yeah, the former journalist. He's really taken no, a cue from... Gula, that ga- Isidhan Gadvi. Isidhan, correct. So he's really doing the Modi formula, huh? With the cameras going and his mother feeding him, making rotis on that ghar ka angan with you know, that wood fire. Very old, he's touching her feet, then she feeds him. The whole interview happens with her in the foreground as... It's just, I'm like, dude, it's no, all become this whole spectacle see, of, we as see out, how, huh. how, how, what a good son I am, am I? That's... We as outsiders feel that AAP is going to make a real impact on the... I have the, no idea. Sir. But, no but our, our reporters on the ground, hmm. and Manisha also, I mean, she said AAP will not make much headway. See, I, from the beginning, my thing is, you can never call an election. Because if you remember, our reporters also said Mamta would lose Gujarat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Bengal. <laughs> and my God, did slightly, she? slightly, yeah. Sl- uh, BJP has got the slightest. Yes. So I mean, I, I. No, you can't stick your neck out. I think no. Mm-hmm. Gee, the, I have never, I have never ever called an election, and I don't think it's possible. So to. I, I'll just go by this. Only one, uh, you know, survey that has come. The cephalogist Lokniti. Hmm. They came out with this that uh, Congress had got forty-one percent of the votes in two thousand seventeen. And uh, BJP had got uh, 49. So, uh, according to Lokniti survey, AAP is going to get 22% of the votes. So, mm. so, so obviously, they're taking away Congress votes, votes and yeah. 2% of BJP votes too. Right. Hmm. In an interview to NDTV, Rajasthan Chief Minister Ashok Gehloth said, a traitor cannot be Chief Minister. He said the High Command cannot make Sachin Pilot the CM. He's a man who betrayed the party. Uh, yeah, he used the word Gaddar. <laughs> that he's a gaddar. Yeah, I, I didn't attempt to pronounce it. Yeah, but I, I, I must say the um, this whole repartee between the two warring generations of Rajasthan is completely like and and the the video that are emerging of the Bharat Jodo Yatra. I think this guy is really treating it like a catharsis. Tum log rao, I have nothing to say or do because Vadra also joined him, na? Rahul Gandhi and Priyanka Gandhi also joined him. I don't think he's now interested in their, their fighting. He doesn't give a shit. No, no, but I think this is very disturbing. You know, the high command is not just talking about it. I mean, look at Ajay Markan. Why did he, he was the uh, observer, Rajasthan observer, and he just asked the high command to relieve him of his duty because he went to Rajasthan and uh, the the MLS did not listen to him. So everybody is under the influence. I mean, this CM uh, Gehlot is calling the shots. Mm. Let's face it, and uh, the high command is not able to do anything. Uh, you know, against even if they want to take a disciplinary action, they're not which strong they enough. said ki they would. He's, uh, but they they he's stronger in Rajasthan than Kharge is stronger in than yes. is in Congress, yes. right? Are your newspapers in Delhi also full of Gelot ads? Because in Tamil Nadu, like for the past, I mean in Chennai for the past two or three weeks, there's yeah. been front page ads of him almost every day. Yeah, basically, I think all the chief ministers have decided that how they're going to sustain the news business for the longest time. It was Modi. Then Yogi said, Modi ji, why are you only spending the central government budget? Mehuna. So then he started ads. Then came Kejriwal, who had a very long stint with all the front page ads and the center page ads. Then came uh, this one, Bagel, 
not only Baghel, Baghel said, you guys only sponsor paper, I will also sponsor shows on TV, which also Kejriwal did. Then Bhagwant won Punjab. So then for about five weeks, all the ads of Punjab ads. Then KCR had this run where the Punjabi speakers of Gurgaon and Noida were wondering who this person is and why his full fund. <laughs> and now it is, uh, what do you call, uh, Ashok Gelot. Yes, yeah, but even yeah. in Delhi, it's everywhere. No, I think Gelot happened yeah. only after perhaps they have listened to you because you keep, you kept saying that Congress is absolutely foolish. Huh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they, they they can easily use uh, Gallot yeah. for you know full page ads. Full page why ad. they are not having it? Why they are? You said it three so four sure. times. On the, it's on yeah, the, I mean it's uh, because the, the, no, we the, had like full ads of him like on Indira Gandhi's birth anniversary, which I think was last week. Yeah, again like full page ads of Ashok. Dude, I can tell you a lot. Huh? No, I was saying even on Indira Gandhi's uh, anniversary, which was last week, I mm. think her birth anniversary. Mm. Again, he carried full page ads in Chennai newspapers. So. I can tell you on good authority, two things come to mind. I will not give you the name of the person or the name of the channel. That Egbarin ko ad de diya na, phone karke ticker change karwalo. If you give them beyond a certain amount of money and you've committed, if you don't like a ticker, just call them up, they'll change the ticker in five yes, minutes. Really. So that is, so that is, I'm the saying. The power that, of the ad. Power of the ad. So it's not really ideological. It is, and when really Congress had five states, they could have, but of course, they, uh. they are too busy <laughs> making villas in the south of no, France. No, I think now they are <laughs> working on it. The Supreme Court has issued a notice to the centre on a plea to grant legal recognition to same-sex marriages and LB, LGBTIQ plus alliances under the Special Marriage Act. So the Chief Justice has said the court will hear the matter in four weeks. I'm very impressed, man. I mean, I mean, this is something that I thought we would still be a decade away from. If, if they can pull this off in the next year or two, that'll be amazing. The Gauhati High Court has stressed that bulldozing of a house is not provided under any criminal law, even if an agency is investigating a very serious matter. Yeah. It said this while listening to the alleged demolition of a house of an accused in Assam. Yeah, but that continues. In Bengaluru, the police have arrested the main accused in the alleged voter data theft case. Um, they've arrested the founder director of the NGO that was at the heart of these allegations of voter data theft. His name is Krishnappa Ravikumar and he was arrested in Lalbagh. Right. In Delhi, the Delhi Commission for Women Chairperson Swati Maliwal has issued a notice to the city's Jama Masjid administration. This is after the mosque banned the entry of women coming alone or in groups. The administration then withdrew this notice and clarified it was solely aimed at preventing obscene activities. So this was aimed at women who were coming in for like religious purposes or tourists who come to see the masjid? He said women and girls were coming as if it was a park. They were dancing, shooting videos for social media and making it a spot for dates. So, But if they come with a man, then they won't do this. I don't understand the logic. I think they said that they can come. Um, they can't come in groups of women. They can come only with family or with their husbands. There were lots of problems, uh, you know, even about these foreigners. Everybody wants to come. And see the monument, you know, the the architectural yeah, uh, yeah. beauty of it. Mm. So the even the foreigner, uh, the women who come over there. Mm. So so there is a business around this uh, masjid now because mm. they they just come in their pant and shirt, so they don't have a you know scarf to okay, have it the over their head. So so they have to cover their scarf. So you have people over there, the guides and all, who say that for this uh, you can only enter with this scarf, and. They, I mean, women, there a lot of restrictions of, uh, on women there. But, I mean, uh, when I had taken uh, Michael Resendez and Suki Kim, uh, when they had come for the first media rumble, I think it's 2017 or 18, they have these long, these uh, kaftan type things, you know, overcoat. 
because Suki was wearing a skirt till her knee and sleeveless. So they said, you, if you want to go in, you have to wear this, I mean, which she wore. But they hadn't asked her to cover her head. But now they've even... No, achha, covering her. So five years, lots, lots of progress has happened. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Goldman Sachs has said India's economic growth in 2023 is expected to slow down to 5.9%. This is from 6.9% in 2022. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think the world over there reducing the expectations. Hmm. In the first six months of 2022, the Indian government made the second highest number of requests to Meta for user data. India made 55,000 requests. This is second only to the United States. Yeah, we came first. We came second. We didn't even come first. <laughs> okay, fine. US is first. Then the death toll from the earthquake that shook into the Indonesian island of Java left to 268 on Tuesday. I think 151 people are still missing. Mm. Finally, the 2022 World Cup in Qatar kicked off on Sunday. The, this could be considered the most controversial World Cup ever. And in the first World Cup match, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina, Germ- Japan beat Germany. So I'm sure you guys have much to say about it. Yes, so, I mean, it is becoming the most controversial ever. There were always some controversy or the other around the World Cup. Even Russia, it wasn't without controversy-free. I mean, Olympics have had their share with China, etc. But I think also Qatar is shooting itself in the foot again and again. One heard a lot about the final draft that will come out and it's a big victory for poor countries that the rich countries have at least in principle agreed to set up a fund to kind of offset the mm-hmm. the kind of potential growth that poor countries will be foregoing by not uh, by by sticking to a certain limit of burning fossil fuels is that something that you think is a good thing and generally what was your takeaway from having covered the conference okay so um well i guess that like every other cop and negotiations in general you couldn't have a total success so it's normal that nobody is completely happy about the final results. And um, it wasn't even that much expected, probably because of the geopolitical situation this year, to have wonderful and ambitious um, results in the final text. So I would say, yeah, for sure, the loss and damage fund is a major win. And um, that's actually something very that we should celebrate in a way <laughs> that's very important but yeah at the same time I guess that mitigation being not that important in the text is a uh, yeah it's a bit disappointing for everybody so yeah these are the two main things I would say now this fund that's been set up mm-hmm. uh where will it I mean is there a target to be achieved where will m- most of the money come from have different countries pledged how much you're going to put in there is there a cutoff date by which they will put something in that fund to offset the losses uh, that poor countries face? Nobody really knows. So now we <laughs> should have a couple of years to to decide what will happen next with this fund. But in general, it's known that we would need trillions of dollars, not with 100 billions that was pledged in 2009. It's not enough anymore. So definitely it should be a lot of money, but nobody really knows from where it should come from, uh, where it should go and uh, yeah, exactly how much. So <laughs> it's um, it's all to be seen. Is it a positive development that it's getting more media coverage? Of course, it's a positive development in many, many ways. And since I can see that there are other journalists here, I'm, I cover climate change because 
there is every reason to believe that is the biggest story of the century. And therefore, it is being covered. I'm not saying it's not being covered. It needs to be covered more. It needs to be covered more throughout the year, not just around these summits. Because a lot of the coverage around these summits is about the geopolitics of it, about who said what to whom. Uh, but that is not the main climate change story. The main climate change story is from the ground and needs to be covered through the year. That's the first. Uh, there's the answer to your first question. Right. So, you know, I just like to read one email from a subscriber because last week we were supposed to discuss this and we could not because of the problem with Align. So one of our subscribers has written this uh, email because we briefly had spoken about, you know, the rich countries having to compensate the poor countries, etc. So his name is Dheeraj. Dheeraj says, I had one question to those backing the, quote, we are poor countries, let the rich countries do it first, unquote, theorists. I guess that is also me. And, quote, per capita emissions, Unquote theorists. When the sea rise in Mumbai drowns or when Jaipur's temperature increases by 4-5 degrees and millions die, is the climate going to ask Mumbai and Jaipur, hello Mumbai, oh we should not recede your coastline, oh you are the poor country. Climate, boys and girls we need to go to New York and not Mumbai, they are poor. Yes this seems ridiculous but so are these two theories. If you have someone with cancer you would have heard level 1, 2, 3, 4, Beyond two, the person starts counting his days. Try telling the cancer patient who can't give you chemo at the moment because you're in level one. We need to reach two only, then chemo is fair. A pop culture reference, Daenerys, I don't know who that is, asking Jon Snow. Daenerys. Who's Daenerys? Okay. It's who? from Game of Thrones. She's giving you Game of Thrones. Okay, Daenerys asking Jon Snow to bend the knee first before she's ready to talk about helping him with Night King. Dheeraj. Dheeraj, I uh, completely disagree with your theory here and I would like to take it around the panel to ask what they... Because your analogy is inaccurate. Because the person who you're asking to give up today is not the same person who's going to face the consequences maybe 50 or 100 years from now. So that person who's buying that apartment worth 18 crore on the worldly sea face is a rational mind and think that is money well spent. He or she doesn't care that apartment is going to be underwater in 100 years because in 100 years that person is not going to be there. So if it was the same person who'd bear the brunt and the same person who has to give up today, your analogy may be accurate. But since those two parties are different parties, it doesn't work. By your same analogy, what you're saying is a, a, a laborer who works 12 hours a day doesn't sleep in air conditioning in, let's say, you know, rural Uttar Pradesh, saying that we will not provide enough industry there or enough power so for he can get a job and maybe live in a Pakka hut. Now he doesn't care that his great grandchild will bear the brunt of that. So are you saying it is fair to ask him to sacrifice something while in another country someone doing the same thing he does sleeps in air conditioning? So there is no right and wrong here. It is just at what stage and who who is left holding the you know the, the bomb when it explodes. So I uh, no, I reject your uh, your theory. I think it is a completely reasonable and rational position to have. That you cannot expect poor countries to cut emissions unless the rich do. And yes, the poor country faces the brunt, but it is not the individual who faces the brunt. You have just passed. It's like debt, yeah? It's like American debt. Today's government pick up the debt as a grandchildren will pay it off. Both are rational. Both are reasonable positions to have. Are they fair is the question. Uh, I, I, I think uh, we had a short discussion mm. in absence of uh, our guests last week. Uh, I agree with you what you said on this and uh, I also explained myself last week but uh, one thing I would uh, 
like to ask also that uh, like uh, this year in the loss and damages fund that is going to be created while there have been nominal commitments by countries like Scotland and a region of Belgium, Wallonia to donate to such a fund. And that fund is already around $500 billion. It is being estimated. There is no uh, exact figure in mind. It is still to be worked out. Now, during negotiations, the European Union pressed hard for China and Arab states also, and large and developing countries. And uh, one should mm. be careful that this could include mm. India to contribute on the grounds that they were large emitters to this fund, this specific fund. Now, this already opens up uh, a fresh occasion for, I think, acrimony in future COPs. So the demand uh, uh, from the, um, the there is a growing demand from uh, say the island the threatened island countries uh, for us or, or, or let us not say those countries but people speaking on their behalf for developing countries to contribute to this fund this is my I mean this is the immediate uh, challenge uh, I think uh, for the developing countries to also, um, I think from Quito to now, there has been an escalation of ambitions, and I think that's a way to go, the incremental and gradualism. Uh, the, and now the roadmap is more incremental that what realistically we can do and graduate to a more uh, sustainable way of meeting this challenge. So that is so. My uh, question is that how this uh, LND, while it's very good, it may uh, open up a new um, site of acrimony. Uh, you have a position or uh, you want to answer that, uh, Joy? There are there are there are two points here. There are two points here. There are just points are pertinent, and they need a proper answer. There are two issues here. One is the issue of climate justice at a global level between countries. When it comes to climate justice between countries, as Emmanuel correctly pointed out, uh, there is an issue of who has put the majority of greenhouse gas, extra greenhouse gases that is in the atmosphere right now since the start of the industrial age. If you go with that, then you will find it's US followed by what is now EU. And then the other rich countries, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, uh, although New Zealand would be very small, and then come the poor countries. If you go by what's happening now, year by year, yes, China is definitely the largest emitter, followed by US, followed by the European Union, then India, then Russia, then Indonesia, I think seventh, sixth, I don't remember who it was. Who it is. So there is the when you talk about climate justice, there is no point in talking about greenhouse gas emissions this year because greenhouse gases, especially carbon dioxide, stays in the atmosphere for thousands of years. So you have to look at the cumulative emissions. And if you look at the cumulative emissions, you find that 20% of the world's population has emitted 80% of the greenhouse gases since the start of the Industrial Revolution. That is where climate justice at 
and international level consent. Now, the Prudhiraj's other question, and he has a very important point, and I'm very glad that that point has been made. Now, India has championed this position that I just talked about of climate justice in global climate negotiations since the 1990s. In the process, what has happened? This is a perfectly valid and perfectly good position to take and perfectly justified position to take. But the impact on India, within India, domestically, has often been that this particular global argument has been used within India by the business as usual lobby not to take strong climate action. And that is the problem. And we have to see the what is the climate justice within India. This is a study that has not been done for many years, but there was a study done in 2007, if I remember correctly, which found that the situation between rich and poor countries was absolutely and totally mirrored within India, that the top 10% of the population was responsible for 90% of the emissions. Yeah, right. So there is a serious issue of climate injustice within India. There is a serious issue of climate injustice globally. Let me answer also the question you raised about why should somebody buying a flat in Waldi Seaface worry about it if it's going to happen, go underwater in 100 years. The point I'm trying to make is that it will not go underwater in 100 years. It's already going underwater. Please go to Chennai. Please go to Chennai and take the road to Mahabalipuram. Mm -hmm. Please go there and see the number of flats on the road between Chennai and Mahabalipuram. It's IT corridor that are lying empty. And try to find out. We are all reporters. Please try to find out uh, why they are lying empty. Uh, hundreds and thousands of middle-class people like you and me spent their life savings uh, buying those flats and none of them are able to move in because of the sea level rise has put uh, has made the entire aquifer, all the groundwater so salty that nobody can live there. They're all lying empty. People have lost their life savings. So it's happening right now to people like us. All of you listening in, the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.